It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! And hello, uh, this is episode eight, which we're very excited about. Yeah. Uh, so, because uh, soon we'll be at ten. Yeah. So like the... when we get to ten, it's like Double we're established. We're, we are. We've done it. We're yeah. podcast as as <laughs> <laughs> podcast as. <laughs> That's right. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, this week we've uh, it's another question that well, it's a question that we both get asked a lot. Oh yeah. It, I suppose, but I've certainly been asked this question a lot by uh, young people lately, mm-hmm. and generally it's around. So the question is like people, somebody worrying that they masturbate too much. Yeah. Um, usually when I get this, asked this question, it's usually from a young man. Yeah, so you're um, going to ask it in a sex ed kind of context, yeah. so it's mostly young guys, and I've been asked it a lot in the sex therapy context, mm. where it usually goes together with porn, mm. um, rather than just wanking, yeah. and um, yeah, generally young men are, are the more concerned about this one. Yeah, and that, I mean, the young men that have uh, been asking me questions do also worry about um, porn as well, it's kind yeah. of... To them, linked, it's, yeah. yeah, to them it's kind of almost like, like extrinsically yeah. linked in a way, yeah. um, which is quite interesting in itself, I think. Mm. And the other group, I guess, who have concerns about this is in terms of couples, actually. Mm. So you get a lot of couples coming to sex therapy uh, where one person's concerned about the other person. Right. I mean, that, again, is more, most commonly, I think, in a woman-man combination, where the okay. woman's worried about the man's use of porn and the... well. I mean, should we, we shouldn't even say use of porn. Like no. That's already kind of a quite a pathologising way of putting it, isn't it? But yeah, the, the, that's how it tends to be stated. But I mean, that's the, the enjoyment, of, yeah, the enjoyment yeah. of porn. Or the, but, but then often mm. people might not even be enjoying it. Yeah, I guess. so right. it's like engagement I mean, with porn. engagement. Let's yeah. say engagement. Yeah, I've been. I yeah, I've had people taking me up and when I say use of porn because it's difficult because people don't just watch porn they listen to porn mm. they but also they have like a an interactive kind of relationship with porn yeah don't they? It's exactly like, and the work of uh, Fiona Atwood and Clarissa Smith really brings up really nice and Claire Bale's brilliant paper about that as that's well, right that, that it's very much like a kind of it's not just a kind of a passive uh uh, relationship with porn that people actually get it's very involved thing, yeah an interactive involves... engagement but mm. I think we hear we often hear in the headlines and things this world word use yeah um, precisely because uh, people tend to use the language of addiction when yeah. it comes to porn yeah so they're talking about porn abuse and if they want to yeah. make it sound a little bit less negative it's porn use yeah but it's still like same kind of language of drug misuse drug abuse mm. drug use you know yeah. it's that it's where that comes from so even the word use might sound kind of neutral but it isn't really yeah mm. so let's start with that show yeah. i think that's like the because i think one of the reasons that young people are talking to me about it is that they see the, these reports in the news mm-hmm. and they're concerned about it that, that it's a thing sex yeah. addiction that might be addicted to sex or addicted to porn or yeah. addicted to masturbating and often sex addiction whilst that's the term used mm. it refers mostly I think to porn addiction mm. you know it's yeah. mostly talking about people's engagement with porn although there's some it also is a kind of umbrella term under which you might include people having sex with with other people in various contexts yeah. if it if 
if there's a sense that that's a problem. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been involved with um, the head of pink therapy, Dominic Davis, mm-hmm. um, quite a lot in in kind of questioning this notion of sex addiction. And Dominic Davis is a really big on this. So there's a there's a YouTube video actually of the two of us uh, talking about sex addiction and why it's a problematic term. Um, and one of the reasons is that it's a lot of the measures. If you look at kind of online, there's mm. a lot of like how to find out if you're a sex addict. Mm. First of all, a lot of those just list behaviours, mm. and they list things like: Do you use porn? Use again. Yeah. Uh, do you masturbate a lot? Mm-hmm. You know, without necessarily saying how much is a lot. Yeah. Which we're going to come back to. Um, like uh, seeing sex workers is often on that list. Right. Uh, non- any kind of non-monogamous behaviour right. like is on that list. So it really tells you a bunch of. Um, practices mm. and a lot of those practices are the ones that are outside what we think of as like normative yeah so, so it's, it's like, already like pathologizing yeah. particularly gay men for example you yeah. know so there's stuff about yeah meeting people online on there sometimes yeah. and there's stuff about you know having certain kinds of sex so, so it's like the charm circle isn't it the gal mm-hmm. rubens charm circle yeah um that we refer to in our book enjoy sex <laughs> if you want to we do um but it's yeah the, there are certain works. acts which are seen as being in the zone of being completely okay and actually giving you given status in society of having them yeah. and then outside of that you're given stigma exactly and so it's listing all so it's kind of so even with those like so-called measures that they're listing it's they're all very values laden aren't they exactly it's yeah. it's all the things basically it is all the things in the outer circle yeah so maybe like in the past when gail rubin was writing back in the 80s it might have been people were stigmatized or seen as sinful yeah. religiously or maybe um those some of those things were seen as more illegal mm. and these days what you get if is if you're in the outer circle more you're seen as addicted yeah um and um, and the other kinds of lists they have um, sometimes for these kind of measures of sex addiction is are you unhappy with your sexuality or mm-hmm. do you feel you need to keep it secret and that kind mm-hmm. of thing which again it looks a bit better on the surface mm-hmm. okay you you know if you're unhappy with it you keep it a secret um, uh, you try and you try and stop it happening mm-hmm. then well that could be signs of sex addiction except if you think about it anyone who's mm-hmm. LGBT or anyone who's kinky would probably be able to say yes. Yeah. to some of those because again being outside the norm you yeah. at some point you've probably kept it secret at some point you probably felt bad about it yeah so that's why i've got to be really cautious with this because mm. it can easily just be the new way mm. of pathologizing certain behaviors and making them seem problematic well uh, that's like the history of um a lot of uh, sexology as well isn't mm. it that by but in the same but that by defining a thing, it actually creates more problems than it does than it solves, doesn't it? It kind of yeah. it gives a very narrow kind of um, idea of uh, what is like good and healthy, functional, uh, reproductive um, uh, sex, yeah. and that's what's happening here, isn't right? It? And if you look at the whole history of masturbation or solo sex, yeah. then it has been a, a history where at all times it's been pathologized in one way or another, seen mm. as a bad thing in one way or another. So initially, there was all that kind of this is over a hundred years ago, there was all that stuff about how you know it made you blind or yeah. <laughs> made you grow hair on your palms or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and there, there were, were the, treatments for it, so yeah, just masturbation, uh, like, like anti masturbation devices, yeah, particularly for kids again, particularly young men were seen as at yeah. risk of this behavior. And Corn then, flakes. It, yeah, the Kellogg's guy, Kellogg's yeah. cornflakes guy, was big into that, like the name <laughs> masturbating, eat the cornflakes, don't masturbate, don't masturbate with cornflakes, like that would be really un- uncomfortable. Uh, 
Maybe. Oh, some people be into it. Look at me pathologizing people who are into <laughs> cornflake <laughs> masturbation, right? You go, you go do your thing with your cornflake masturbating. I mean, stay yeah. tuned for the. Well, maybe we should do a sub podcast episode about this where we give some advice about how to masturbate with cornflakes <laughs> or whatever cereal you like. <laughs> Weetabix. In, enjoy my. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only one that's in landscape isn't it <laughs> but the thing with Weetabix though MJ is that they're very portable so if you turned it around 90 degrees it would be in portrait <laughs> it would be in the shops though always in the... I'm just saying anyway um... <laughs> off the topic we were talking about the history of <laughs> Justin's losing it but we were talking about the history of solo sex <laughs> and after after Kellogg's and all of that don't do it. Yeah. Then there was kind of a thing about um, like it became like that that um, sex was kind of a leisure pursuit of the middle classes. Yeah. And again, it was like a real emphasis on you have to do it with another person. Mm. So solo sex wasn't kind of seen in such a terrible way then, but it was certainly seen as taken away from what you should be doing in a relationship. Yeah. And that's really stayed with us today. Yeah. And like even even on programs like you know, I remember on Sex and the City, there was this whole thing about it was bad for that guy. What was he called? Charlotte's fella. He was he was masturbating and it was like, oh no, it's taken away from the sex he ought to be Trey. Having. Trey, that's it. I was going to go Troy, but it's Trey. Um, but also there was the episode with Charlotte and the rabbit where she got addicted to the rabbit. Yeah, addicted. yeah. All the same yeah, sex stuff happened around Charlotte. Yeah, wow. interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, they had to stage an intervention and yeah. come and get her out. Yeah, because uh, it's not okay to be enjoying yourself that much. Yeah. 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 So... Um, and the other reason why the narratives around addiction are problematic is yeah. that so that they're creating this idea that that um, some kinds of sex good, some kinds of sex bad. Yeah. Masturbation obviously is a kind of sex, mm-hmm. uh, which is seen as bad. But the treatments are all kind of to do with abstinence, right? And yeah. just not doing it. And also, it's kind of it, the people creating these narratives around sex addiction are profiting from it. A lot, yeah. I mean, the, the specifically sex ed, sex addiction kind of counsellors, mm-hmm. um, and, and certainly like the programmes for it, like yeah. especially in the States, you know, you can get yourself into a kind of rehab for mm. sex addiction and that will set you back thousands of dollars you know but even like the specific sex addiction therapists are charging quite a lot and charging quite a lot for training other therapists Mm. to work in this area and yeah from a for me from a kind of um kind of a a buddhist mindfulness perspective which is one of the things i draw on the idea is that actually everybody is addicted to things like that's what causes us to suffer in life is that we tend to get cravings to have more and more of the things we want in life Mm. and so you know it wouldn't be any different if the thing that you particularly craved was sex you know we just deal with that kind of in the same way as we deal with anything else and the science isn't there to support it is the other thing to say is actually you know the the american psychiatric association were thinking about putting hypersexual desire or something Mm -hmm. in the in their big bible of disorders Mm. mental disorders and they decided not to put it in because there was no science to support that that's some kind of specific thing yeah when we see programs like there was the program like porn on the brain yeah that we looked at we in fact we created bad sex media bingo around this we did yes um uh, but it whenever a program wheels out a neuroscientist to say look at Mm -hmm. the effect that porn has on your brain and that it changes the neural pathways or something everything changes your neural pathways riding a bike 
your neural pathways are going to change in yeah. order to enable you to keep riding a bike. So yeah. learning a language. And the neuroscience, if you actually talk to a real proper neuroscientist yeah. about this, they'll be like, you know, A, there is no clear, like, uh, sex addiction looks in the brain the same as drug addiction or whatever right. the argument is. And B, we don't actually know what a lot of those imaging think. You know, they might look very impressive, but we often don't know what it means that this bit lights up or this bit stays dark. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the newspapers and, and co are, you know, wildly over um, interpreting these yeah. kind of images. Yeah. So it's problematic because, mm-hmm. uh, so the sex addiction narratives are problematic because they, in and of themselves, are saying some kinds of sex good, some kinds of sex bad. Yeah. Secondly, they are, uh, uh, it's not based on any evidence and it's channeling people into this uh, into this one very expensive, very problematic, very normative kind of treatment model yeah. of um, uh, uh, kind of solving this as an issue and it's not necessarily the issue that needs solving. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, and I think this is coming on to our bit that yeah. we're going to give advice about, it's increasing the levels of anxiety and worry amongst people. Yeah, so it might be that this person who's enjoying, you know, wanking for a couple of hours a night or whatever yeah. would have no worry about that yeah. if it wasn't for this idea of sex addiction Yeah. that's, you know, everywhere around them. Exactly, that um, they're reading it in the press, they're exactly. reading it on the internet and they're hearing about it and it's just kind of trotted off as if it's a thing mm. and it's not a thing yeah. in that way. And so, actually, it's increasing uh, people's um, concerns mm-hmm. and making people distressed. Yeah, and unnecessarily so. so. Exactly. And mm. so often, like, again, it's like this thing where we're having to unpack so much bad stuff. Yeah. And so, what part of what makes enjoying sex so hard is all the crap we're, talk- we're taught about sex. And this goes for yeah. masturbation too, right? Exactly. So, low sex. So, like, before you can even get to that question of, like, maybe I am doing it too much for me, maybe it isn't making me happy, you've first of all got to unpack all the cultural baggage around it, which is all these messages, you know, and if you can then get to the point of, okay, right, it's not, you know, I'm not listening to this idea that solo sex isn't as good as um, sex with somebody else, I'm not listening to these ideas around sex addiction, which is really hard to separate yourself from all those messages. Totally. But even if you, you know, that's the first step before getting to the point of like, well, but for me... Now I've kind of like yeah. lifted those messages off a bit. Still, where am I at in terms of is this taking up exactly. more of my time than I want it to, or am I a bit upset about the fact I'm doing it so much? And that's the big thing with our book, Enjoy mm. Sex, however, and if you want to, Icon Books. Double Isn't plug, it? double plug this time. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> that all the way through, we keep saying yeah. uh, that we get these messages around what it is that we should do, and in this case, what we shouldn't do. Yeah. And those messages are so strong, it's really hard to tune into what it is we may actually want to exactly. do or may actually not want to do. Yeah, because imagine a world where solo sex was seen as a as just as legitimate an activity mm. as sex with somebody else or watching TV, yeah. playing a video game, yeah. all these other things that we spend quite a lot of time doing. Like exactly. if it, you know, If we were in that world, then would you find it problematic the amount you're doing it or the feelings you're having about exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, an example of this is uh, last year, dear listener, I watched all of Game of Thrones and all of The Sopranos. That's a lot That's a of, lot of me telly. watching telly. Yes. That, to you, the Sopranos is 90 episodes. Yeah. So I watched 90 hours. That's a lot. And I would say at the moment I am watching one episode of The Get Down, mm-hmm. which you have to watch if you haven't seen it because it's so amazing about the birth of hip-hop. And oh. also um, I'm watching two episodes of the new series of Grace and Frankie per night. 
Wow. So that's quite a significant amount of television. Exactly. Yeah. But actually, people, you know, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is really cool. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but if, we, you know, often, if well, if we were saying we were wanking for two hours a night, then it would be yeah. like, what's going sure on? That's healthy. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People would be questioning that. So let's get down to the reader. So that's the that's all the kind of the cultural stuff, the social messages we receive about it. In yeah. addition to all the... Actually, when we're growing up as well, we're taught that not just mm. from what we're taught nowadays about sex addiction, but we still have these old the old stuff about um, masturbating not being not real sex, yeah. only being something that sad people do if you're single, yeah. and it's like a poor substitute for doing it for real exactly. sex with a real person. I'm just going to segue into this current series of Grace and Frankie because they create a vibrator for older women. Oh. Yeah? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, they do. Um, and, um, and, you know, there's episodes about how the older women that they're trying to market this to do not want to admit that that's something that they want. Right. Because for this, precisely this reason that solo sex isn't seen as proper sex and that it's a bit like seen as being really sad if you're an older woman who needs a comfortable vibrator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same, same messages are there for young people as well. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, there's so little in sex education in mm. schools or anywhere apart from, you know, on my website and maybe starting. Yeah. <laughs> that's Fish UK. Fish UK. <laughs> Uh, so little there for mm. young people around it being okay to masturbate and how to think about yeah. how to go about doing it and you know dealing with that stuff yeah so um, so that's all the <laughs> the, the many um, varied <laughs> and very strong cultural messages we get about yeah. masturbating so so say we're in a position to sort of park all of that a bit and say no still mm. still make John and Justin I'm worried yeah because I'm doing it an awful lot. I'm spending a lot of my time doing it that I would actually like to be doing some other stuff with mm. or I'm feeling quite unhappy afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... Um, I think that's kind of the first process, really, is yeah. to try to tune into that, isn't it? So yeah. I would say something like try to be uh, more mindful of what of your experiences around it and mm. try to somehow kind of... Um, tag the feelings and the thoughts you're having around masturbating and yeah. if you're regularly feeling that's uh, not great about it or mm-hmm. if you're regularly thinking oh I wish I'd have actually done something else with my time in that point then maybe that's a, a yeah. point for you to maybe want to make changes to notice it so yeah I think the first stage with all of this kind of thing and actually I would say the same for anything that you were thinking was maybe a bit of an addiction or a compulsion mm. whatever word you want to use uh, the first step is don't try and change it mm. just tune in and notice it yeah um, and that's worked really well with the, the people that I've worked with in yeah. this area they first start to notice, hang on, what's happening mm. at that moment just before? Mm. It's called urge surfing, basically. Okay. You're having the urge, and instead of going straight into it, mm. you just sit with the urge for a little bit mm. first and notice, that's interesting. Mm. It's often at this time of night, or it's often when something like this has just happened that I start to have that urge. And then you don't try and stop yourself doing it like yeah. let yourself do it but again just try and be a bit like curiously noticing it yeah. um you know and so you can get like the whole uh, the whole description of like this is what happens so yeah. you know i'm feeling like this then i have this urge then i go online and i'm looking for a particular image or mm. a particular video or something and and i feel like i'm kind of got into a bit of a black hole of it you know it's sort yeah. of like loads of hours go by, by while i'm just kind of going from image to image and yeah. there's a sense of trying to find this perfect one that i never kind of find or mm. you know that would be one person's and then 
another person's experience might be something very different. Yeah. You know, um, it might be more about the physical, uh, you know, act of wanking and yeah. the fact that, you know, it's kind of like they're, they're constantly keeping themselves on the verge of orgasm because that feels like a really amazing place to be for them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, th- that's, that's the first thing, isn't it? So yeah. So kind of almost keeping like a diary of some just like... Yeah, just like really tuning thing. into this yeah. kind of what's the process like for you. Yeah. And what, yeah, then you start to be like, oh, maybe this is what I'm getting out mm. of it. So, you know, it might be like, for a lot of us, I think, when we're we're feeling feelings that we don't really want to be feeling, mm. we go to, let's turn on Netflix, you yeah. know, or let's have a wank, or let's yeah. watch some porn, or let's you know go down the pub. Go down the pub. It's like you know something yeah. to to Eat get rid of. A, yeah, something to get rid of a bad feeling. Yeah. So that's a common one, and you know, especially for people who who experience it as a problem, the the reason the way you kind of know it's happening maybe for that reason is that often it does feel a bit lacklustre afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like I'm still ha- the bad feeling's still here. Definitely. In fact, it might have even got a bit worse while I went and did that distracting thing. I think one of the bits of advice I was giving <clears throat> to young people as well to think about all the different reasons why people wank yeah and to kind of have all of those you know mm. and, to, and to acknowledge all of those so you know people wank because they are horny excited or yeah. want to explore that you know having sex which mm-hmm. is what it is but also because they're bored or because they want to kill some time or because they're feeling distressed about a thing or they're feeling stressed yeah uh, or want to avoid doing work they procrastinate mm-hmm. or they're wanking from home as we call it <laughs> yeah um and just being aware that there are all, there are lots of different reasons yeah. why we might do it, and, and they're not necessarily good or bad reasons. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's fine to procrastinate. Yeah. It's fine to you know we we all do things that help us cheer us up a bit when we're feeling a bit blue, and it's quite a good one for that because it releases a lot of good feeling sort of hormones and definitely stuff into and in brain chemicals. I'm like, getting out of my depth here. <laughs> <laughs> Good chemicals, good chemicals happen from it. You know, so it's not to say that's bad, but I guess if you get into like this habit of like, that's what you always do. Yeah. That's the only reason that you wank, and yeah. maybe that you try that you just try and keep prolonging it for longer and longer, so that you don't have to feel bad. Well, actually, at that point, it's maybe thinking about your relationship with the bad feeling, yeah. and maybe finding other ways of dealing with bad feelings rather than just trying to make them go away, which doesn't tend to help very much. No, and it's also putting a lot of pressure on wanking to do a lot for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you're asking, like, with a relationship, if you're asking yeah. uh, wanking to perform all of those things for you then yeah. eventually you might get diminishing returns over your wanks yeah. I would say if you are only wanking when you feel crap maybe a good thing to experiment would, with would be to try doing it sometimes when you feel good um, yeah and sort of, you know, you're, in a way you're teaching yourself quite a unpleasant lesson about solo sex there, mm. that it's like only something you do kind of in desperation yeah. for feeling bad. So it might be really good to just re- legitimise solo sex and say, look, this is okay to do as a thing I do for fun, yeah. or f- to enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, that might be a good thing to experiment with. Definitely. Yeah. Um, some of the advice I was giving, <clears throat> again, to young people at school was uh, the reward bank. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so um, rather, yeah, if uh, you're having a wank be- uh, because you can't face doing an essay or something, yeah, and you're doing that wank, and and then you then afterwards you're feeling bad about doing it, then perhaps maybe you could approach mm-hmm. doing the doing your work first and then treating yourself with a really nice rank afterwards where you know you might feel relieved to have done the work exactly and there's another one I suppose which is a bit like food it's like um, you know if you're somebody who uses food to kind of soothe yourself and it often is kind of crisps or you know sort of junk food or kind of 
Maltesers, as you were saying. Like Weetabix. Yeah. No, Weetabix is healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've really put me off <laughs> what I was going to say. Yes. Um, no, I'm not. Well, you could try, yeah, you could try different forms. So you could try a more gourmet kind of wank. Mm. You know, again, I think it's, yeah. it's sort of going the other way from the kind of abstinence, yeah. you know, let's stop people wanking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually, no, let's start doing it in different ways and finding out more yeah. about it. So, like, what about going for the gourmet wank when you set some proper time aside for it? Well, this is um, the thing, get all it? your toys together or you get your, you know, really good porn lined up that you really enjoy or whatever it is for you. And you just, like, give yourself an hour for it. Exactly. Treat it like having sex with yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a really good form of self-care, self-pleasure. Yeah. There's a really, uh, one of my favourite um, uh, playwrights slash actors slash artists is a guy called Christopher Brett, Brett, Brett Bailey. It's going to make me sound very cool, this. Yeah. He did this really amazing piece called This Is How We Die. You should get, definitely go see this. It's the, one of the most incredible pieces of theatre ever. Whoa. But there's an amusing bit in it, spoiler alert, where he has a row with his girlfriend that tells him to go fuck himself. And then um, he does this whole like skit around how he does literally go off and try and fuck himself. You know, I open the door to me and I'm looking really good and I <laughs> sit myself down on the couch and, you know, I have a good glass of wine with myself. And the, he yeah. tells the whole story about fucking himself. It's very amusing, but it is yeah. like this idea of, yeah, give yourself an hour. Yeah. Like, no, just really get into it. Yeah, treat um, yourself as you would a partner. And like this, you know, whatever kind of sex you're into, there are ways of doing it solo. So maybe getting away from just like a... I mean, most of us as kids will learn a very specific way of wanking that we kind of just kind of stick with. Yeah. But actually, you can, again, you can gourmet it up if you're into kink. There's lots of forms of self-kink that you can do. If you're, you know, into different kinds of sensations, you know, you could be exploring different sensations there. Um, so, you know, why not mix it up a bit and treat it as something more special and then if you uh, if that is the way you kind of go with wanking then you can really start to tune into your body yeah right? and you can really start thinking doing this, the kinds of advice that we give in our book is about really tuning into yeah. how things are feeling yeah and um so we're going with the idea of uh doing it more and maybe yeah. even enjoying it more exactly so there's two the two things I think we're suggesting one is to carry on exactly as you are but really try and notice what's going on yeah um, and that that in itself will reveal a lot to you. Yeah. And the other way is, and the other thing is, try mixing it up so you're yeah. not just doing it in the same way for the same reasons every yeah. time. Um, and um, I think just to throw in there as well, like for a lot of people, it's very related to porn, erotica, or sexual fantasy. Mm. It's not just that they're doing a physical thing when they're yeah. doing solo sex, but they're also engaging in some way in some form of fantasy, mm. whether it's somebody else's fantasy or their own fantasy and again we'll do a whole other podcast about this but I I think it's really helpful for us all to tune into what our fantasies are and what they mean to us because we can learn way more than even about our sex life from that we can actually learn about ourselves as a human being definitely Mm -hmm. Uh, so little is uh, spoken about in terms of uh, with uh, about around fantasies in sex advice and sex education and people can be distressed about fantasies that may, they may be having, but actually mm. it's because maybe they've been closed off, right? Yeah. And they've been told that, no, actually, it's not cool, or this is a... No, you know, I think not... it's sexual fantasy is a massively important thing. Again, mm. we'll, we'll say a lot more about it when we do a podcast specifically on this, but, um, yeah, trying to get away from the idea that fantasy is a bad thing, yeah. um, which is really hard in our culture, but actually it's an incredibly important aspect mm. of being human, whether it's that you have your own fantasies or whether it's that you 
actually seek out other materials of some kind that bring your fantasy to life for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else we need to talk about, do you reckon? I mean, I guess, like, if you're struggling with it and you think it would be helpful, you know, you're struggling to really do this kind of work Mm. on your own, Mm. then it definitely doesn't hurt to have a sex educator, sex coach, a sex therapist to help you along with it. But I would say do your homework yeah. as always when finding a, a, a professional mm-hmm. to work with and make sure you find somebody who isn't pathologizing yeah. of this so pink therapy is a really good place to look for therapists who are generally pretty clued up about sex and sexuality yeah. um, and there's some really good sex coaches you know if somebody's kind of queer friendly kink friendly mm. poly friendly sex worker friendly mm. if their website is saying that kind of thing then they're probably going to be uh, a decent person to work with on this stuff and if their website is very has got the word sex addiction all over it and it looks like it's been you know keywords <laughs> yeah so the, you know, that's the keyword of the entire website and mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of uncritical stuff around sex addiction and yeah. porn addiction and all the stuff we were talking about yeah. it looks like it's got that maybe we would argue avoid because yeah. it's probably going to make life harder yeah exactly. making our life harder yeah <laughs> make everyone's life harder yeah. makes everyone's life harder yeah um, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Read our book. That's yeah. Enjoy sex. How and then if you want to, third Boom, plug. three plugs. Three plugs. <laughs> Icon books. Yay. Um, so um, that's us for today. I think. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Again, if you want to listen to the other seven episodes <laughs> now, uh, head over to um, soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. Uh, our Twitter is at Meg John Justin. Our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash Meg John Justin. Website MJ is Meg John Justin That's the only one I can remember, which is why Justin always does the, does the other ones. <laughs> I need to write them down at the beginning. <laughs> and we're, um, uh, we'd love some more of your questions. We really would like some, you know, some uh, some of your audio to put in the questions, but we're happy doing this if you're happy listening to us. Absolutely. So email them in, send them in as a recording if you want. Yeah. Uh, get yeah. a mate to say it if you don't want to say it. Whatever. Cool. Mm-hmm. So until next time. Bye for now. Bye.